Well, we had started a sermon series, Changed by Jesus, before our whole world changed. And as I looked at the sermon series, I thought there's no need to change the sermons because it's still very applicable to our world and our situation and to our own lives. For in this series, we look at all kinds of people who just an encounter with Jesus changed their lives forever. And I don't think any of the people we're going to look at did it happen in the temple. And the good news of all of that is Jesus can change our lives and we don't have to be at church for that to happen. And as we're going to see today, we don't even have to know Jesus real well and feel close to him. We can in some ways feel like we're a stranger to Jesus and he can still change our lives. And I want you to hear that message very clearly today. Wherever you are and whatever you're going through and however alone or distanced from God and Jesus you may feel, you're not too far away. And we're going to see that in the person we, looked at, we look at today because he was a stranger to Jesus. In fact, I'm not real sure he even had any intention of encountering Jesus. But events and circumstances put the two of them together and his life was changed forever. The event, the story we're going to look at today, happened when Jesus was on his way to be crucified. He'd already had his arrest. He'd already had multiple trials. He'd already been flogged and had beatings. And now it was time to actually take him out and crucify him. And as he was being led out of the city, because the Romans did their crucifixions out by where you came and went to the city... As a public demonstration, they wanted everybody to see what happened to criminals, what, what happened to people who disobeyed Rome. And so the crucifixions happened right outside the city gates where everybody could see. But there was one problem, and that is that Jesus had been so abused and the cross was heavy, he couldn't carry it. And so the Romans grabbed somebody out of the crowd and made him Help Jesus carry the cross. The story that I want us to read is from Mark 15, verses 20 through 22. Listen along and what happened. And when they had mocked Jesus, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. And then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Now, there's no reason to think that Simon knew Jesus, or that he even had an intent to meet Jesus. We're told he was from Cyrene, and that was actually a city along the Mediterranean coast way over in Africa in what is present-day Libya. He was undoubtedly a Jewish pilgrim who had come to Jerusalem for Passover. And in that day, as he's coming through the streets of Jerusalem from that city gate that they're headed to, to crucify Jesus outside the city, the Romans grabbed him. William Barclay, who writes just great commentaries on the New Testament, in his commentary on this story, 
said it was customary for the Romans to take a prisoner out for execution in a box formation. And what that means is there would be four Roman uh, legionnaires around the prisoner. There would be one in front, two on each side, and one bringing up the rear. The one in front always carried a sign with the charges that this person was guilty of. In Jesus' case, we know about that sign because it said, King of the Jews. And that same sign was then nailed to the cross, which was common for prisoners. But as the soldiers are trying to get Jesus out for the execution, and Barclay says that part of the, the, the suffering that the Romans wanted to inflict on people when they were taking them out is they wouldn't go on the most direct route. They would actually wind through the city, partially as an example, so lots of people would see what happened when you crossed Rome. And so as that path wound its way through Jerusalem, Jesus becomes exhausted. And so one of those four Roman legionnaires grabbed Simon out of the crowd and said, carry the cross. There is no doubt in my mind, he didn't ask Simon, would you be willing to help? They didn't ask for volunteers. They probably looked around for somebody who looked relatively strong. And they said, you, here, grab the cross. Now, if you were a stranger grabbed out of a crowd and ordered by the Romans to carry a cross, you couldn't argue, you couldn't say no, I suspect you would have one thing on your mind, and that would be when we get out to that place of execution and I can drop this cross, I am getting as far away from here as I can. I don't want the Romans to make me do anything else. I just want to get out of here. I suspect that that might have been Simon's original intent. But you see, something happened to Simon on the way. We don't know what. Whether it was how he saw Jesus reacting, whether it was in the crowds, and while some were cheering, there were others who were obviously deeply brokenhearted by what was happening to Jesus. But something happened that day. And Simon stayed around. He watched the events of that fateful day. He probably faded back into the crowd, but he didn't leave. He watched the hatred towards Jesus, but he also watched the love. And he watched all those events, and he heard what Jesus said. And somehow... That day or in the days to come, as he listened to the events that transpired after Jesus died, and then he heard that he was alive again, somehow Simon's life was changed forever. The reason I say that is, first of all, we know his name and the details about him. Had he just faded into the crowd, we would have probably never known even what his name was. But notice how Mark is careful to point out it was Simon who is the father of Alexander and Rufus. There's one explanation for that, and that is that Alexander and Rufus became leaders in the church. And the people to whom Mark was writing in Rome probably knew Alexander and Rufus as leaders in the church. Somehow, just Simon's experience of watching Jesus and that crucifixion 
and what happened after that and those events and Christ coming back to life changed his life forever. Maybe it was just the act of seeing firsthand Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his words and how the sky changed and how the earth darkened and how there were earthquakes and all the things that happened around that and then all the talk on Sunday morning and Monday and Tuesday that he's alive again. So the question becomes, what would we have done were we in Simon's place? And we had experienced what he experienced. Do you ever do that? Do you ever try and put yourself into those Bible stories and wonder, what would that have been like? And try to sort of close your eyes and picture what that would have been. Watching at Golgotha, carrying the cross, watching Jesus stumbling, seeing his bloody back from the flogging. It's easy to listen to that and to picture ourselves in the story, but then our, our reaction would be, well, that won't happen. We can imagine it, but that story is long gone. Jesus isn't going to be crucified again. But before we leave this story, I would like to ask you a question. Is this story really just an incident in history? Or is there a cross that we need to carry? Is it a real story? Is it an example for us to think about and wrestle with? Notice what Jesus said to us in Mark 16. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So we do have a cross to carry. Just like Simon, just like Jesus, it seems like Jesus is telling us, if you're going to follow me, there's going to be a cross for you to carry, as much as there was a cross for Simon to carry. Well, what's that mean? Well, let's take a minute and think about what did it mean for Jesus? It meant sacrifice. There was suffering. Most of all, it, it meant for him to help others, to save us, that he would have to suffer. I, I, I love Brent's communion meditation on separation. And what Christ said is, these humans that we love, that God, that we, God, loves, are now separated from us by sin and it is so important for us to break that separation and bring them back that I will die on a cross so they don't have to be separated any longer. And Jesus said it's that important. And in Matthew 16, Jesus is telling us that some of that same attitude, that same perspective, that same willingness to say to help these people I'm going to need you to be willing to be uncomfortable. I'm going to need to be, ask you to be willing to, to sacrifice. There's going to be a cross for you. Well, I thought about that, and 
Are there other scriptures that talk about us as Christians having our own cross? And then one more came to mind because Paul talked about the fact that he, he had, had, had a cross. Over in Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul understood what Jesus had said in Matthew 16. That if you're going to follow me, there's going to be a cross for you and you're going to have to be willing to be crucified. And it is that same attitude that Christ had. The part of following Jesus is saying, I sacrifice myself. I give myself to you. So you can use me, Christ. So you can live in me, Christ. I'm dying. You live in me. So you can use me. And why in the world would we be willing to do that? Paul puts it in that same verse, doesn't he? Because of how Christ did it for us. That he was willing to sacrifice himself so we are no longer separated from God. We can each have our own relationship with God because Christ took away what separated us. Whoever you are listening to this today, please understand that. It's not about being in a church building. It's not about something you have to do. Jesus has made that possible for you. That you may have your own relationship with God in Christ Jesus. And when we understand that, and it changes our lives, and we have that relationship with Christ, then it's just natural that we're going to say, if you need my help, Jesus... It, just like Simon, if you need me to help carry your cross, if you need me to sacrifice, if you need me to be a servant, if you need me to help others who are separated, who, who are in, in, in need, who are in trouble, I want you to live in me. The truth is, this isn't just a story out of history. The truth is, there are no shortage of crosses today. And Jesus needs us to help him carry the cross just as much as he did Simon. The only change is we don't have Roman soldiers forcing us to carry the cross. It's a choice we have to make. Will we offer Jesus our service? Will we pick up our cross and carry it for him as he asks us to do. In several of the things I've written in the last week, I have quoted Tyler McKenzie, senior minister at Northeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I was just profoundly struck by his quote from a couple weeks ago. Speaking of the situation we find ourselves in now with the coronavirus as Christians. This is what Tyler wrote. 
the church would never pray for a moment such as this. But the church was made for this moment. The church would never pray for a moment such as this. But the church was made for this moment. The truth is we are right where we need to be. Not because we want to be and not because it feels good or it's comfortable. Crosses aren't comfortable. Crosses don't feel good, but we're glad Jesus died on one. And there will be numerous people glad that we're willing to carry our crosses, not for our own safety or comfort, but because Jesus needs us to. What does Jesus need you to carry? What does Jesus need you to do? Is it have a conversation with a neighbor? Is it notice somebody in need or make a phone call and say, how are you doing? And make the effort to ask that second question. No, how are you really doing? And listen for what they say. Is it hearing of some needs and taking the risk to go out and help? Is it schools or food shelves or the elderly or people in our own congregation? I don't have all the answers for that. But I know there are crosses there. And, and I know out of God's promise that He wants to work good through this. In all things, God wants to work good. But that's going to come through us and us being willing to not just worry about us, but pick up a cross and say, God, I'll help. I'll carry that cross. We're going to have to keep talking. We're going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to keep listening for the Spirit's promptings and we're going to have to keep praying. We have an opportunity to show our world Jesus as we help carry his cross. That God can use us for good. That we can be his hands, his mouth. And even in our, what it costs us to serve, that he uses us to touch others. Will you carry that cross for Jesus? Let's pray. Father, no one would have chosen the cross for Jesus. But we're so glad he was willing to die for us. And the truth is, no one would have chosen the situation we're in today but it's here. And we trust your sovereign control of history and that you have allowed this because there are good things you want to bring out of it. And if you need us to pick up a cross, to sacrifice, to serve, not because it's comfortable, but because it's needed, help us be willing to be like Simon, 
And in the process, I know you will change us just as much as you change Simon and the whole direction of his life because he was willing to carry Jesus' cross. I know you will bless us the same way if we're willing to carry our cross and help Jesus today in this hurting world. Help us to open our eyes and to see the cross you have for us to carry each and to pick it up. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.